hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast. So glad you came back for another dose of all of the best insights. We have guests on this show. We also bring you the latest news. Uh, for those that don't know me, I'm Tom Deacon, your host of this incredible podcast. I say incredible because I genuinely mean it. I am loving doing this podcast one episode every single month. Although I say that we did actually have two because we had the Birmingham National Finals. We brought you a special episode. And for all of the episodes that we've done so far, if you haven't heard them, take the time out to go and listen back. We have some absolute gems from people involved in F1 in schools to help you guys on your journey. So uh, what can I tell you about today's episode? Well, for a start, we've got two brilliant guests who are going to be on today and we bring you the latest news. And while you're at it, I've got some homework for you. Now, I know I don't normally give you homework, but you know how it is, guys. You you have a vision. You have a, a brilliant idea that you put into actuality and then you think we've got a brilliant product but no one ever hears about it. Well, that's kind of the same with this podcast. We want you guys to like, subscribe, and let everyone know that might be interested in this very podcast to get involved with it. So um, if you do do it, don't do it now because listen to the episode, do it at the end. But basically what I'm saying, we love your support, love your comments, but definitely uh, leave us a like and subscribe. So Let's get to it then. I'm looking forward to the latest news around the world. But before that, even better, we have got two brilliant guests. And we will start today with Frédéric Trouvet, former FIA Commission Manager and ICC for France. Welcome to the Main Street Podcast. Thanks for calling. Welcome me. Yeah. Well, listen, we go a little bit way back when I first met you at Silverstone in the World Finals. Um, you were part of that day. You handed out an award. It's great to actually chat to you again and get a bit more insight into what you actually do and, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of people to follow in your footsteps. But um, why did you and how did you end up working for F1 in schools? Uh, it started when when I when I was involved at the FIA because you know when uh, during my background the FIA for 19 years uh, I had the chance to to meet Andrew and uh, and um, as a manager of the uh, FIA Women in Motorsport Commission I really just like aim to facilitate um, facilitate encourage more women in motorsport and uh, the logical uh, path was really just with the engineers. Um, engineers background and just like uh, having giving the chance to the girls to to come and to, just to try, and uh, we with Andrew with uh, when we met we said oh wh why not I mean we could create uh, an FIA Women Motorsports Trophy uh, as Formula One schools and that's how we yeah we I started to be involved. Just an opportunity to make something great happen. Well, you've done that and, and looking at your career, as you said, 19 years uh, working uh, with the FIA, head of sporting department, women in motorsport manager, deputy director for the development department, director of development programs. Uh, I feel like you've completed the FIA. You did everything. Yeah, because, you know, when um, I got my, my master in law and economic in sports and I had a chance to, to join the, uh, the FIA, I, I was really just fascinated by, by sports. And um, as former yeah, volleyball players in collective sports, and uh, I really just like enjoy just the the idea to to facilitate the the access to to sport for yeah the majority of people. 
And uh, when I joined, I started to be involved in sports, really by being a commissions manager for all of the all of the the close cars in circuit championships. So I had yeah opportunities to manage three world championships, and then to create and uh, uh, to create the FIA Women in Motorsport Commission that I managed. Uh, with uh, with Michel Mouton, who was the was the president of the commission, and um, and yeah, launching just amazing program while still alive, uh, like the girls on track and all of all of this, and uh, yeah, my my the second part of my of my background, my career at the FIA was really just to develop uh, to develop the programs for the affiliated clubs, the social responsibilities programs, the, the trainings programs. And uh, yeah, and just uh, really to identify the um, the key the key issues uh, of the different countries uh, affiliated to the FIA and uh, giving them the expertise and the guidance for implementing autosports and uh, encouraging yeah more the the youth the the girls and uh, yeah to join to join the sports. Well, you, it, it sounds incredibly challenging and complicated so many different areas of of your experience in the FIA how how important is it for you and has been to create that pathway for more people to get involved in motorsport but particularly uh, young girls it's it's a question of character i think it's the question of um um what you believe in and uh, your passion and uh, really to it's uh, it's really just you can identify that yeah one person, when you really decide to do something, you can do it. And, uh, and then, you know, with the, I had a chance to get to work with so many countries because at the FIA, uh, one, more, more than 150 countries are affiliated. It means that you can, you can work with, uh, with Gabon, you can work with, uh, with the Philippines, you can work with uh, more, develop, more developing countries. So the, the issues, their challenges are completely different. So it's, um, was a big, big uh, for me. Just I learned a lot uh, on 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 the different, uh, um, yeah, the, the perspectives and how to can help each other to uh, and to create the 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 best path for uh, more inclusion, more diversity, and uh, also for adapting the the motorsport categories to their to the reality of the country. Mm. I mean, it's it's so fascinating to, to uh, we're getting a snapshot of your career and the things you're doing. I'm always intrigued when I speak to to people that that have had an incredible impact in, in the field that they work in. What motivates you? What what drives you uh, each each time you get a new project? Oh my god! <laughs> it's, a, it's a big question, but but I, but I think yeah. the pe- people listening uh, they're on their journey. And, and they will look at the things that they've got to do for the competition or just any part of or aspect of their life and listening to someone like yourself. I mean, you make these things that you say that you've done and been part of very easy, but they're not, they're, they're challenging, they're scary at times. So so what gives you that drive, uh, Frédéric? First, what was very, very good at the FIA is that when you when you you have a, an idea when you have a project you want to push you want to manage then i had i had really the tools for doing it and um they they followed they followed me on the the different vision i had and uh, when i started when i came with my just a piece of paper saying that oh my god we should do something for women because you know 
um, I the, the sport is a is a truly mixed sport, but I don't see any woman. Mm. So what 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 we can do? I mean, we sh we should do something, and it's a question of yeah, because I'm patient because I, I I'm when I when I have something in my mind and then when I trust it's true. I want to do to do and I just I want to go at you know at, until the end and that that's something drives me just really just my my passion for humans uh for uh, also just like um just putting the good people around you for achieving something this is another another key I think it's it's very important and um yeah what drives me just like meeting meeting yeah the, the the, the kids meeting the teenagers between meeting so many people who are really passionate by what they want to achieve and then with the enthusiasm and then to to give the tools to the to the people for reaching their you know their their dreams or their goals that's something that's that's so important in the life yeah it's definitely something that i find so inspiring especially worlds when when we chatted together at silverstone just to be surrounded by creative people who are so passionate and that they drive to succeed it it sort of it you absorb it yourself <laughs> you start being more passionate you're like yeah why don't i do this and 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 all the ideas flat is that when you, back in 2012 i believe you went to the uh the first of your world finals that you attended is that what you saw and and is it is that why you wanted to get more involved in f1 in schools yeah, definitely uh, was for me uh, an amazing experience. I was very impressed by first, yeah, the, the, the enthusiasm around around the challenge, the creativity of the of the, the competitors, of the teenagers, of the teams, and um, yeah, and the, the, the level of their professionalism um, at, at at an early age, like they were, like yeah, some somewhere like fifteen years old um others like 19 but combining the different skills and uh, the characters and uh, how you can perform with with a team i mean as a team this is something for me it's another aspect um just coming back to your to previous question but i think that as as a good team if you form a, a strong team you can achieve something good mm. And that's where that's really at the at the, that event uh, was impressed by is just really just how when you when you you put uh, people around you and uh, then how you can drive this this challenge with the different roles and uh, it was was very very good and also with the involvement of the Formula One teams people uh, bringing ex inspiration and the top people around them. Uh, that that's that's uh, also something uh, very important it must make it uh rewarding and maybe that's the right word to use uh later on on this this show today on the main straight we'll be chatting to amy martin who's gone on from competing uh to meeting you working with you in monaco to now being at mercedes just so excited is that does that give that kind of spark to you? Or like, this is, I had a dream, I had an idea at the FIA and it's great to see it, it being implemented and working. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, mm. um, and also that's, that's the, the, that's the role. And we'll come to that later when, uh, about my role in France, but that's really just like transfer the, you know, transfer the, 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 the knowledge, the, the, the patient and the, to reward the, the, 
the people who are involved, who are passionate by something and just giving them the, the opportunity to access to their to a job and also, yeah, it's a, it's a key. Yeah, a key. I like that. Uh, it, it definitely is a key. A key factor in this, um, because at the World Finals in Silverstone, uh, I was, and I'm, I'm going to say it, I was pushed gently towards eating pate uh, with French bread. Um, it's not something I necessarily thought I would be doing during a World Finals, but a brilliant French team was there. And I know that you are now president of F1 in schools in France since 2021. It must be great to see lots of French teams making it to the World Finals and, and probably something you want to see more of uh, maybe for Singapore this year. Yeah. We, in fact, we started two years ago, you know, the, so that's the really the first the first year of the where we, we started and we, just the key actors in France uh, was in 2022. Uh, so not easy after the COVID period and, and everything. But yeah, we started progressively with uh, just engaging teams for at the professional uh, professional class um and uh and then yeah now we have like more than 30 teams and uh, we'll qualify 20 for the for the, our first finals uh which will happen in in may this year so at uh, at paul ricard circuit at the extreme park so we are super proud of that and uh, we can't wait yeah it, it's gonna be brilliant especially at the poor card uh, circuit that will be fantastic and hopefully uh we'll get some very strong teams from france i'm sure they're probably listening now uh to to this and uh, so they will one you will hear about i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> good 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 to know um and, and also i have to ask you um about becoming head of international relations and social responsibility that's uh you were made that in 2022 what does that mean what are the day-to-day -day things that you do in that role? In that role, it means, yeah, just build strong relationship with the national coordinators, you know, who are just like more or less franchise of Formula One schools and uh, and um, just, uh, yeah, represented in different countries, bring expertise, bring guidance on how to implement the challenge. Uh, due to my, my just FA background with the, as the development director in charge of the relationship with the with different ISNs in different countries, you know I have still some connections with with some of them, and uh, most of them they are so passionate and enthusiastic with the idea to implement Formula One in schools because for them it's uh, it's uh, really a, a good path for um, getting more licenses, getting more people involved in their respective countries. We implemented the challenge in Naples, for example. In Nepal, just something unbelievable. But yeah, you know, you have a strong people there. You have a strong federation in Nepal, and they were, oh my God, we 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 could do something. And so I started with the with the concept of the from schools to track, and we designed the concept together. So they select the girls at schools through Formula One in schools, and we bring them on track in the different uh, workshop and to identify what they like, what they would like to be. And, uh, you know, that, that's, 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 that's what I do. And uh, in terms of social responsibility, it's really to implement the CSR strategy. Uh, you know, with Andrew, works um, really uh, in close relationship with Formula One, um, uh, with the new person in charge of the DNI. And uh, so now we, we work together and just like to, to, to give uh, the challenge, um, the the key, the key elements, and the, to ensure that uh, it can be run according to the 
DNI, so inclusion, diversity, and respecting the environmental yeah uh, challenges and uh, and uh, yeah that that space to to all of the organization. It, it sounds like Frederick, and and I'm trying to think of the people listening right now. What they take away, we always say on this podcast, on this show, that we're, you'll find a gold nugget. You'll find something that you'll take away, which will help you uh, in your STEM uh, journey. You've mentioned about working with teams. It sounds like you always have big ideas. You have these great ideas, and it's about putting people around you that can help you to achieve those things. It, I'm sure in you in your 19 years at the FIA and in in other years in the sport that you've been involved in, there's been challenging moments. How do you how do you find to overcome those moments? Because teams right now will be getting ready for World Finals, and teamwork it it's challenging. It, it can be very difficult. What strategies? What things could you pass on to, to help teams achieve these big ideas that they have? Um... The first is just like to, yeah, to listen, to listen and to really understand the key details, the elements of what you need. Sometimes people want to go too fast and then forget to really listen and to really understand the context, the environment, and uh, what what the person want to achieve and how, how they want to achieve. And for me, one of what what I've learned through my FI exp- experience. And uh, now with the um, being as the Formula One school's um, head of um, yeah CSR and the relationship um, with the, with different national coordinators is really to to take into consideration just like where 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 they are where they are and what they want to achieve and then you you can you can find the resources the tools all the times because you have so many talented people um around then then it's uh, yeah that's that's the, the it's a kind of strategy i don't know how to say that but it's uh it's uh, yeah it's a process it's a process okay well that's i think that, that that's very helpful for everyone listening and, and i suppose it still brings you joy your work that you you do um what, what are your hopes uh for the world finals this year in singapore and and for the forthcoming years what, what are your hopes and maybe you could tell us maybe those big ideas that you've got that that you're working through at the moment the vision you mean yeah the vision <laughs> yeah, please yeah so first you know with the with friends we would like to to, to be on the podium at the one finals for sure <laughs> so okay definitely we know that we have very strong teams even if it's the first year i mean that's just amazing uh we have some some teams coming from engineer schools but also uh, others who are independent schools, but really kids, the teenagers, and they are brilliant. So we would like to have the chance to be on the podium or just to get one one trophy. <laughs> and um, yeah, secondly, in terms of my vision for Formula One school, generally speaking, and uh, I would like to see really just like center of excellence in every continent in the world, maybe creating continental cups involving the countries. Um, in each region, selecting the the best the top teams in, uh, in the different region of the world, and creating a, yeah just like uh, competitions uh, with the regional regional um, um, talents and uh, and champions, you know. But having for sure, if you tell me, okay, 
Ideally speaking, my dream would be to have really minimum one hub in each country of the world because I know you have kids fascinating, passionate by motorsport, by engineering, uh, by the STEM. And for me, the STEM, that's the future. STEM mm. is the future of our world. And uh, I give you just an example in France. We consider that um, we have eight jobs among 10 which are connected with STEM. That's, that's just a fact. Mm. That's incredible. Um, I, I love that we get the first scoop of your ideas for this cups, countries versus countries. You heard it here first on the main straight. Uh, before I, I, I say goodbye and thank you for being on, on the episode today, Frederic, um, final thought on, on that pathway for, for young women getting involved in motorsport. Um, you've managed this. Uh, you want to see more people um, 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 visually more women involved in motorsport. For anyone listening right now, who would be thinking, I don't know if it's for me. Is there anything you would say to, to those young girls out there? Try. I mean, try. You have, you have many fields and uh, opportunities in, in motorsports, maybe that you don't know still. But uh, yeah, just like contact Formula One schools. And I'm sure that in your, in your countries or through the Formula One schools website, you can find someone just who can help you and give you the, the the guidance for reaching your dream, reaching your yeah your objective and and your goals. So yeah, go do that. Try. <laughs> I love that, Frederic Trouve. Thank you so much for your time um, on the main straight. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, Tom. Ciao, ciao. Our next guest to the podcast, the main straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast, and it is none other than the former F1 in Schools competitor and winner of the Women in Motorsport Award. It's Amy Martin. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Tom. Uh, Good morning to you. Uh, Listen, Amy, how are you doing there before we get into these questions? Because I have a fact sheet in front of me and you are stacked with incredible things that you've been able to do since F1 in Schools. But before we get into it, are you all right? Yeah, I'm very good. Very excited to be on the podcast today. Okay, well, listen, this uh, fact sheet is incredible. As I mentioned there, the winner of the FIA Women in Motorsport Award in 2016. Uh, do you wear it with a badge of honour? Because that's an incredible achievement. Yeah, so actually I lost the draw when we um, plucked out our trophies for who got to keep them. So my design manufacturer, Jess, actually has the FIA Women in Motorsport trophy. Um, but we've got plenty to share around, so I'm not too, not too upset about it. No, not too upset, but yeah, it's a great accolade and, and I know the amount of work you put into it. But before we get to that, Amy, I want to know, uh, how did you find out about F1 in schools and what made you want to get involved? Yeah, so um, I was in year nine, so around 14 years old, and my design technology teacher came up to me and said, um, I want you to make a team. We're going to do an F1 in schools competition and we're going to go to Singapore. And I was like, oh, right, okay, um, yeah, I'll pull a team together. So I went through and we had a couple of boys on the team for starters, and then we got rid of them because they weren't up to performing up to our standards. So it ended up with just a team of four girls. And um, yeah, we event- we got through to the world finals in our first year, which was absolutely incredible. And yeah, we just kind of carried on through there. So it was all just down to my design technology teacher. Wow, I, I love that. If someone wasn't quite up to to scratch quite ruthless in in that way so it didn't initially start as a team of of all girls and and just to remind everybody the name of your team is tachyon right 
Yeah, so I'm team Tachyon. I was a team manager um, and it was a group of four girls and we were from Wales. So we competed in the 2014-15 season and then the 2015-16 season. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Singapore there. That's where the world final is going to be this year uh, in 2023. Uh, fond memories of Singapore? Yes, absolutely amazing country. I had the best time. And because we were so young, we really just like soaked up all of the culture and, and the atmosphere of the competition. But definitely it's a place that I would definitely put on a bucket list and want to return to. Okay, so setting that scene, your DT teacher talks to you, says, Amy, go and get a, a, a team together. You do exactly that. I mean, what were the takeaways? What did you learn from from getting a team to to perform in the way that you did to get to a world finals? Yeah, so it's um it's a really... It's a really interesting competition. It's really difficult to kind of get the correct amount of skill sets in a team. So that was the main thing that I went for is diversity within a team. So I was team manager and um, I was then just like kind of left to look around the school and try and find people who I think would be a good fit. So I definitely think the main thing is making sure you have diversity across the team. Um, and obviously an interest in STEM is very important, but I can speak from experience, especially with my team, is that not all of us have actually gone into STEM fields. So the competition really does have like an over, overarching um, net positive experience on anyone who kind of gets involved, whether it's be with social skills or presentation skills, literature, writing portfolios, uh, technical regulation reading. So there's just um, a very big skill set that is needed to kind of do well in the competition. So I think definitely diversity is a, is a key factor of picking a good team. Oh, that's great to hear. I mean, it is very broad, all the skills that you learn and, and get to take away from F1 in schools. So you competed in Singapore. How did you do? Yeah, so we um, we did quite well in Singapore. We actually won the Sponsorship and Marketing Award. Um, didn't get the highest on the um, the total score sheet, but we didn't really let that defer us. Um, so we got the Sponsorship and Marketing Award in Singapore, and then we progressed to regionals and nationals again and got through to the 2016 World Finals, which were held in Austin, Texas. So like a completely different um, a different vibe for the world finals going from Singapore and Texas, completely different um, like cultural differences. Um, and then in Singapore, we actually managed to get three awards and seven nominations. So we won the Women in Motorsport Award, um, Sponsorship and Marketing and the Verbal Presentation Award. That's incredible. And and what would you say was that? Because I think people listening will want to know, so right, you, you competed, you got to a world finals, you think you've done it, you've done everything, great achievement. But you obviously took something from that world final to know for the regionals and the next worlds in, in Texas. So what, so what did you take away from it? Yeah, so definitely this size of the competition was something that we weren't expecting. Going to your first world finals is such an overwhelming experience. Um, meeting so many teams and kind of getting information from people who are older than you and who are more experienced in the competition was definitely something that we that we worked on. So we spoke to the people who actually won the 2015 world finals um and kind of soaked up all the information that they had any advice they had and then kind of used it progressing forward and obviously at that point you've been working as a team for a year and you're now going into a second year of working together so you kind of you know how people work and you know how people need to be motivated and how people need to be pushed um who meets certain deadlines and who's always late that's a key thing to <laughs> um, give some people a little bit more leeway but um yeah definitely just gelling together as a team was a really important thing for us in between those two world finals. Um, and also I think people underestimate the um, importance of like team building and actually bonding and what the experience of going to world finals does does for you. You have to spend like two weeks with these people in a very stressful environment. And then as soon as it's all done, you get to relax and really take time to enjoy it. And I think that's um, 
a really important thing to remember is it's such an amazing journey that you need to enjoy it along the way. Yeah, and one of your team competitors was at the Birmingham National Final uh, this year. Um, and that's incredible for me on the outside to see you still got those friendship and also some of your teammates wanting to still be involved in F1 in schools. Yeah, so it's definitely, I, th- I say it's a really big family. It's like an um, alumni network when we all, um, we've got a big Facebook group and you, we all post each other um, like updates and what's going on in the world. And obviously because F1 likes to recruit from F1 in schools, a lot of us do end up in the field um so kind of just um even people who judged in my first year and now still working and they will be working in the same factories that we will be working in so it's just um it really is a really big network kind of globally yeah okay so 2016 was your last uh competition world finals um and then i, I i'm kind of curious how many other all-girl teams were there around the time because i really want to get from you why more girls should be involved and wanting to get involved in this stem project so were you one of the only a few teams because i know from worlds last year there was lots of all-girl teams so what was it like back in 2016 i definitely think it's got it's gotten a lot a lot more popular having all-girl teams as more people start to get involved in the competition but i do remember in 2015 there were only a select few that you could count on one hand how many all-girl teams there were um and we like to think we kind of created a trend in wales of all-girl teams because then after us when we finished competing falcon force was the next team to go and they were an all-girl team and then the next team that went from my school were an all-girl team. So, um, so yeah, I think we, we like to say that we paved the way in Wales for the all-girl teams. But um, it's definitely getting a lot more popular. And like you said, when we were at the World Finals, the amount of um, females who are getting involved in F1 in schools and in engineering in general has just increased massively. Um, I do think that is down to the appeal of um, of the competition and how fun it is and how, how different areas of competition kind of overlap. So if people are a little bit more... Um, humanities or literature based they often like to do the marketing roles and um, but then obviously there are spaces that need to be filled for engineers so it is quite good to see how women especially can kind of switch over from marketing into engineering within the first couple of months of competing how would you say your your life has changed since competing because uh the brilliant max uh who brings the news later on this show uh has got a fact sheet in front of me and i've and, I, and i've worked with you several times because you're the co-host of the f1 of schools events for both the uk national and world finals so i know you so it's kind of interesting and odd at the same time uh and peculiar to, to interview when i'm always spending a lot of time with you anyway but just to see the fact sheet is amazing but what what stands out for you since competing what what has what has it brought to your life so I, I always say that I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for Andrew Danford, the um, founder and chairman of F1 in schools, um, just because of how how much it has changed my life, honestly. So after competing, I did my A-levels and I did maths, physics, English literature and politics. So a little bit of a strange mix there, just keeping options open. And then I've gone on to study systems engineering at Warwick University. But one of the biggest highlights when I was... Um, since competing is when I went to the FIA conference in Monaco in July 2021. So I actually did a seminar in the women in motorsport section of the conference on grassroots motorsport and how F1 in schools need to be promoted worldwide and with the circuits that we can get as many young people involved in the competition. And I think I was kind of used as like, this is what could happen because I've kind of gone on and I've always stayed involved in the competition and I've got a really big passion for motorsport and especially getting women involved in motorsport. so yeah, it was that was absolutely incredible. I got to spend a couple of days in Monaco. Um, I got to meet Jean Tote, the the former FIA president. So that was absolutely incredible. And I got to hear from all of these interracial women who have come from different walks of life and have now ended up in motorsports. So I met a couple of, of girls who were 
um, rally drivers or who wanted to do F1 racing. Um, and then I was there kind of from an educational background as how we can get women involved in more engineering based roles in motorsports. So yeah, I think that was definitely one of the, one of the biggest achievements I've ever had is presenting at that. That's such a great highlight though, because everyone's looking at you. You are that person, whether you realized it or not, you, you kind of can inspire lots of other uh, girls to get involved in, in the engineering side and, and in F1 in school. So that was a great moment. And you met Frederica as well. Uh, we've already heard from her today, but she, she's brilliant. So, you know, was she inspiring? And, and obviously being at the world finals at Silverstone to see her again and the work she's doing. Yeah. So it was, it was really nice to actually, um, me, Frederica, at um, Silverstone again, because we got to have a little chit-chat, because Monaco was such a... Uh, it was a very stressful environment just because there was um, so many things going on, so we didn't really get the chance to kind of have a little catch-up, so it was really nice to see her again. Um, but yeah, it was just um, seeing women in high positions in motorsport is just such an inspiring thing. I know we can all say how inspiring it was to see Claire Williams as a team principal, Ruth Buzzcombe as um, head strategist. They are just two in absolutely inspiring women. Um, I do think it's really important to have visibility within motorsport because people who are watching at home will always see the drivers and the principals and it's such a male-dominated field. So it's really nice to have visibility and to actually have women who you can see and who you can be inspired by. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, co-hosting with you for you know the world finals that we had in Silverstone and the nationals and at Denford Factory, uh, it's great to have a you alongside me and incredible help for all of the hosting we had to do and all of the regionals that you've been hosting as well. You've got to see all of the cars which will hopefully go into the world. Can I just double check though? I know this is uh, for the listening pleasure of everybody listening to this podcast, but do you happen for, for we're filming this as well? Happen to have your old tachyon car because I feel like. Everyone who competes in F1 in schools hangs on to a car <laughs> in some respect. You never forget. You never leave that. So have you got one with you? Yeah. So I actually managed to wrangle mine out of the hands of Max when I was at the Birmingham Nationals. So <laughs> anyone watching, you can see just my car, my tachyon car, um, my pride and joy. I say um, nobody else on the team has one of these cars. So it's the last remaining one. Because if you ask anyone who competed with me, we were not the fastest on track. Um and sometimes you didn't even make it down the track. So this is the last one that is fully functional. Uh, my teacher doesn't even know I have it. This is staying with me in a in a box somewhere. Secret is out, I'm afraid now, Amy. That's it. You're, you're on the main straight podcast. That's it. It's done. Um, I, I'm just looking at this fact sheet. Uh, you mentioned the highlight about Monaco. Um, you also have a former student of the Williams Racing Academy. That's pretty incredible. After, you know, a sort of gateway in and now... It says here you'll be joining Mercedes AMG high performance uh, powertrains as a finance graduate in July 2023. So you're, you're pretty much doing everything. How did that come about? Yeah, so I, um, when I started my engineering degree at Warwick University, I realized I wanted to do a kind of a year in industry just to, because it's such an important thing to have actual hands-on experience and to have experience in the workplace. I actually ended up working for Wells Fargo Bank in London um, last year. So I know it's a kind of a bit of a switch from finance, systems engineering to finance is kind of a big jump. Um, just something I wanted to try out and I actually really enjoyed it. So I applied for a position with um, Mercedes AMG HPP um, and I was actually successful in getting that. So they gave me a little Christmas present. I got told about a week before Christmas that I was going to get the job. Um, so yeah, that was absolutely incredible. It was it was like a dream come, tr come true. Like the moment I found out, it's like this is what I've been working for like seven years. Um, so yeah, absolutely incredible. I'm so excited to get started on the team. But like I said, Williams really gave me that foot in the door and they gave me so many 
valuable experiences and so I had work experience with Williams so much help and support from the team um who were running the academy and honestly I would not have been able to do it without them either so I got selected for the academy in 2016 in Texas um and I've worked with them ever since I've been a member um going to tire tests and doing modules and learning different members of the team are absolutely invaluable and I just can't, I can't really thank Williams enough for kind of taking the chance on me and allowing me to kind of learn and grow from such amazing people. Um, I know this from hanging around with you for the events that we do, Amy, you're incredibly inspiring. Would, would you say the secret is, it seems to me listening to your journey, it's kind of that yes attitude to like, here's an opportunity, let's take it, let's run with it, let's see, let's challenge myself. Is that, is that maybe something you would say to anyone listening right now? Not necessarily to follow in your footsteps if they want to, incredible, but follow their own opportunities, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's the main one is people get confused why I took a finance role. Um I did definitely did it just so that I could have a door open. Um and it's always really good to to take any opportunity that you're given, even if it is absolutely terrifying. When Andrew rang me up and asked me to go to to do a conference, the FIA, this was in July twenty twenty one. Um so coronavirus was just kind of dying down and I thought, okay, yeah, I'll be doing a Zoom call just like we're doing now. I said, well, I'll do a Zoom call and I'll do a conference. And he said, I need a, I need a flight number. And I was like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to the look uh, This is the first time I was flying on my own and the first time I was, I was absolutely terrified to do this absolutely like prestigious event um, and to talk in front of all these people who probably know a lot more than me. And I was 21 years old at that point and I was just kind of just finding my way of what I wanted to do in the future. Um, so absolutely terrified, but it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. And I really do think that even if you think you are not ready for something, you just got to embrace and you've really got to just try and go for it because I didn't think I was ready to do a finance job either. And now it's kind of led me to this job with Mercedes. And then I don't know where that's going to take me in the future, but I think it's just it really important to have a go at everything and really, really try and do your best and really try to... Give it, give it all you've got. Even if your heart's not 100% in it, you just got to really try and embrace it because you don't know what could happen if you succeed in that field. Couldn't have put it perfectly. Uh, it, it couldn't have put it any better. I'm even struggling for words. That's just a perfect way of summarizing it, uh, Amy. It's, it's a great tip. I'm, I'm also seeing here that you got to, to to meet the principal strategy engineer, Hannah Schmitz, as well. And that was part of the Oracle Red Bull uh, Racing Factory. So just, just take those opportunities. Anyone listening, if you're a little bit fearful of of nationals that are coming up or regionals or just anything you just will grow uh and take so much from from that experience um amy an absolute pleasure to chat to you and have you on the show i'm looking forward to maybe seeing you out in worlds but it sounds like you'll just be incredibly busy and won't be able to make it to be honest i mean that's um to be good <laughs> i love that keep people guessing love it thank you so much for coming on the show amy thank you very much I told you this month's episode was going to be a good and two brilliant guests on the show, Frederic and Amy. But now on this month's podcast, we turn to Max Fernley, PDC producer. He's the director. He's also my co-host and he's going to bring us the latest F1 in schools news. Max, welcome back again. And I tell you what, Max, you've been incredibly busy, haven't you? Scotland regionals. You then had North London and the regionals. It's go, go, go at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, a lot of moving around at the minute, but um, it's exciting stuff. We've got Newcastle next week. Uh, then it's the uni- uh, that's, I think it's Bolton that we're going to for the Northwest Regional. 
then it's constantly on the move but it's so much fun and it's nice to be back in person again yeah nice to see oh yeah definitely because i suppose you get to see all the cars what people are doing uh you noticed how good the level is i'm not trying to scare listeners who are competing but the level's been high hasn't it the level's been extremely high and it's been really it's 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 great to see these returning teams and new completely new teams that haven't been in the competition before that are coming in with these great cars great pit displays and overall just doing so well in this competition it's a it's it's been a tough uh few competitions to see who's going to take home the uh the prizes but it's it's so great to find out who's going to nationals in the in the end yeah well listen um max uh there is some news out there things are going on worldwide where are we going to start this week uh we'll start with this week with uh the u.s have just announced that they're going to be hosting their national final in florida that's going to be from the 15th of the to the 17th of june so it's it's cool to see that uh they've got a date set in place and yeah they're going to find out who's going to the world finals yeah world finals at silverstone brilliant the american teams that were competing uh very official always love chatting to those guys uh over in the states uh, anyone else got their nationals going on um australia are going to be having their national finals this month uh so again more teams that will find out who are going to the world finals uh, in singapore so exciting and yeah. then there's not that much news this month. Uh, what? With with me being traveling all the time, I haven't been able to do so much, but partially on me. But also, it, there's no results coming out yet. It's going to be this month where we're finding out who's going to be coming to the World Finals for Australia. Then we'll have some more news mm-hmm. and uh, loads of other exciting things going on. But, well, you, no, but I was just going to say, you know, the Australian teams always, uh, history shows how good they are. So when that data gets start being put out on the socials that's when the teams around the world will start going blimey okay that's what australia have achieved let's see if we can beat that so i suppose you're right it it is it's good to know that their nationals are going on but then teams listening right now that's when you need to look at the data and see how well they've done but it's it's, isn't it going to be all change we spoke to gary anderson uh in the last episode max um are the regs they're definitely changing now let's just be very clear on this they have changed for the worlds the new regs for World Finals are officially out. Oh. They are officially, officially out. Um, there's been a, a lot of positives, uh, sort of reactions that have come out of it. A lot of talking points, uh, mainly with the Halo, but I think the Halo is brilliant. I think the Halo, it makes it mark an F1 car, which is why wouldn't you want that with F1 in schools? I yeah. Think the new regs are absolutely amazing. It'll be, it'll be great to see the new uh, era of cars coming into play. Do you know what? Now you mention it, I have seen lots of talk about it. Talking points uh, are are brilliant. It's neither good news, bad news. It's just these are the regs. How are you going to uh, achieve them? Um, and some of the teams have got right behind it. I think it looks great. And do you know what? I will say this: if Gary Anderson says he likes it, I like it immediately. <laughs> the chair of judges says this is what's happening. I'm excited. But have, have some teams already started designing um, their cars or what they would look like? Uh, I haven't seen any current teams uh, creating cars with the Halo yet, but I have seen uh, our second place winners at Silverstone World Finals make a render of their old car with the Halo on. So Blackout uh, from Wales, they made a really cool car uh, with the Halo on, and I think it looks brilliant. I think that car with the Halo looks more like an F1 car than ever, and I think it's beautiful. 
hang on i've as you said this because the blackout the team were at the birmingham nationals uh helping out trackside great guys in there to, uh, i'm looking on their instagram right now blackout wales do you know what that looks really good it looks really and they put the, their old car uh, obviously the world finals car next to how they would super up and they've gone for the number two is that do you have to put a number uh as car the regs you have to have a number on now yes uh okay i believe uh i will probably stick the uh the image of the car on on top of this if you're watching on youtube if you're listening head over to blackout wales's instagram and you'll be able to see it uh but it'll it be a rough idea of what the future cars will look like it'll look great yeah it's so cool uh great guys great team still involved in f1 in schools and to the fact that they they didn't need to do that but they're excited uh, about these new regs so max it it's all go for you at the moment i think that's the news update done and dusted for this month um but yeah you better start getting ready for newcastle yeah uh i, I don't know when i'll next see you maybe you should pop by to one of the the, the regional events that we're running but uh it'd be a nice surprise to see your face turn up but I know. I uninvited. Like uninvited. Tom Deacon rocks up. But I, do, you know, do you know what? If I can make it happen, I would love to see uh, the regionals and everyone competing. And it would be great to meet you before I meet you at the World Finals in Singapore. Well, Max, uh, that's it for this month's episode. A brilliant one. Can't wait for the next one. I'm not even going to ask you who's on it because I feel like it's all go at F1 in schools. But I can guarantee you this. We will get some fabulous guests on to give you some insights for your STEM careers. Um, right, that's it for this one. Um, but don't forget, like and subscribe. And make sure you're following all of the socials for F1 and Schools and you will never miss any of the latest news. Thank you very much uh, for this and for coming in to join us for the Main Straight, the official F1 and Schools podcast. I'm going to go now. <laughs> 